You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. You're the type who loves to bet on sports, or maybe you're playing for the first time. Either way, you need a website that gives you access to all your favorite sports and makes it simple, which is why we recommend MyBookie.com. Sign up at MyBookie.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. What is up? Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports. I am your uh, host for the day, Rob Fox. I'm joined, as always, by Dan Holloway. And uh, we have a special guest today, Rich Herrera of uh, sports radio fame and a number of different avenues. Um, worked for the Tampa Bay Rays baseball radio network for a while, doing their pre- and post-game. Currently, as, you can, as you'll see in a second, the... Doing Arizona Wildcat work down in Tucson, as well as uh, hosting shows on CBS. How you doing, Rich? I'm great, Rob. Dan, it's so cool to be on with you guys, man. I love your set. This is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, we're alcoholics. Yes. I'm, I'm a little jealous, to well, be honest with you. Look, you don't need to be jealous. You can just come hang out. Yeah, <laughs> you can be an alcoholic with it. It doesn't take a lot. It's no. a low bar to clear. <laughs> no, and you know what? I put myself through school tending bar. And uh, I probably poured more than I drank. Uh, I probably drank more than I poured. Um, so I I love the whole thing of hanging out at sports bars. Uh, whenever I get a chance to do a radio show to sports bar with people, I love that. So I feel at home standing here with you guys today. It's got to be two for you, one for them when you're. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah well, you yeah. know the rule, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Short, pour, short pour everybody else so you can overpour your friends. Oh, word. <laughs> So I, I got my start, like I, I got my start way, way back. Cause I'm old, dude, I'm old. Like I've been doing this for almost 30 years, but when I got started, it was um, kind of a takeoff of my bartending career. So if you came into the bar, 10 o'clock when sports center popped on and my team won, I'm buying drinks for everybody. My team loses. I'm throwing glasses. I'm cursing. I'm yelling. I'm going crazy. I'm kicking things. So people actually would come in because they knew when Sports Center started, depending on what the scores were going to be, what kind of a time we'd have in the bar. So that's kind of how I got started in this business well, way, way back when. And then when I first got my my very first radio job, I was such a, um, a loyal Budweiser uh, guy that the guys on the little Budweiser, Budweiser distributorship in the town that I started my radio career in stepped up and said, hey, we'll sponsor you. So they dressed me like a NASCAR guy. I had Budweiser bow ties head to toe. And that's how I got started in this business. I say, what are those teams? Were you, were they drinking a lot or were you like a, uh, well, I, so I grew up in the Bay area. So I grew up a San Francisco giants fan and that's in Bakersfield, California is the middle of Dodger country. So the Dodger fans would come in to harass me. Uh, and if the giants won, I'd buy everybody a drink. And if the Dodgers won, I'd curse at all of them and tell them to get out of my bar. 
Well, I mean, you got to be careful these days. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you caught Being a Giants fan anywhere near Dodger Stadium, it seems to be I would problematic, say right? being most opposing fans anywhere near Dodger Stadium. The Astros probably, like we should. Probably more so than others, yeah. Yeah. But look, you can blame that on, uh, on Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. If, if they had just suspended all the players involved in all that shit instead of just being pussies about the whole thing, they could have avoided all this extracurricular activity. But... They didn't, and they could. And it, they could have gotten away with it too. Like, if it weren't for those damn kids, right? Yeah. yeah. No, they could have gotten away with like it not even being that big of a deal because they would have been suspended during the COVID year. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? That shit's over now. Yeah, it's whatever. I just, I did see. I enjoyed seeing Carlos Correa hit a home run off of Joe Kelly. Thought that was pretty funny. Um, so you know, that's the point. Create a fucking narrative where there's a, a face and a heel, and then let it all play out. It's good theater. I'm fine That's, with the Astros being the heel. Yeah. And, and I'm I think sh- they are, too. Yeah, they are, as long as they keep winning. Sure. Yeah, they're not going to complain about that shit. Uh, so you covered uh, Tampa Bay, right, for a while. Yep. I was with the Rays. I was at the Oakland A's during Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, right there in Tampa Bay when they were the worst team in all of professional sports. Uh, so bad that they used to get made fun of by the Simpsons and <laughs> David Letterman. And yeah. uh, it, it was... <laughs> That was that was an amazing place to be uh, when I very very first got there in 2005. Well, what was that like? So you were there for the rise, basically, of I guess the Rays version of Moneyball, whatever they did, right? Just I mean, like, they've been doing it forever because they had no choice, right? But right. like right. The- they, they they really had no choice. Nothing the Tampa Bay Rays ever had in their lives was original. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything was everything was um, a hand me down. The ballpark, Tropicana Field. I was built to lure the White Sox and the Giants away. Their spring training facilities were hand-me-down from the Mets and the Texas Rangers. So they've never had anything new on their own. And what they did was they found really smart people. They found a bunch of guys who were Harvard Business School grads, and they had them um, come in there and, and just challenge the way that you look at baseball. And it was pretty amazing. Like Andrew Friedman, who's now the general manager of the Dodgers, he was part of the group that was doing the due diligence when they were figuring out what team to buy. He was working at Bear Stearns before they went bankrupt. <clears throat> and he would work at Bear Stearns during the day, and then at night they'd all work on, on their due diligence of buying the Pirates or the Rays. And he said, I want to be the general manager if we get the team. And said, okay, you can be the general manager. <laughs> so Andrew walked around for, I think it was three, four years, just watching everybody in the front office. He was like a little kid walking behind all the scouts and everybody else. And it was pretty amazing watching him learn how to do all this stuff. And I'd sit in his office with him and he'd read books and we'd talk. And um, he's a brilliant guy. But the thing is, he is different than most general managers because he dealt with billion dollar deals Mm. on Wall Street. So (laughs) if somebody's going to sweat him over $10 million, it doesn't phase him because he's gone through bigger deals than he's ever going to go through in baseball. And that's why he always sticks to his guns and nobody ever is able to fleece him. Well, it's good. I mean, baseball, there's such a, I don't even know what you call it. It's just like a, a mad panic every single year to do something. And doing something isn't always necessary. Right. Like it, for the Braves, for example, they had to do something to fill out their outfield. They feel like they can compete. What they didn't do was reach into their, uh, their farm system and just unload everybody to try to win this year. Yeah. Which I, I, I'm glad that that's not the case because we're both Braves fans here. But a lot of teams seem to... It's like being in a fucking uh, a, a toxic relationship 
where you're just going from one fight to the next. And you like it's it's insane to me how many how how much time and effort is spent trying or not even trying, but mortgaging the future for the for a mediocre present. Right. I mean, do you, these people don't seem to be the, the thing about finance is at the end of the day, <clears throat> making a good try doesn't get you a fucking pat on the back. Money gets you a pat on the back. So these guys coming over uh, and assisting with uh, Oakland early on, then with the Red Sox, the Rays, and some of these other teams where Moneyball took hold, of, I guess the Cubs to some degree, they, the measure of success was success. Right. It wasn't like, oh, if we get into the top six, that'll be great. No, we want to fucking win. If we don't think we can win, we're going to fucking hedge. We're going to plan for next year and whatever the case. And that's how a smart businessman does business. But, but then you're assuming that owners are smart businessmen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Businessmen, right? yeah, true, yeah. If your team's dumping salary, then you did something wrong. If I could just go out and spend as much money as I possibly want every year, then, then the, the Baltimore Orioles would win the World Series, right? But what it comes down to is what kind, of, what kind of team do you have? And do you have a general manager that can tell the owner, dude, chill out for just a minute. We're right. going to figure this out. But instead, every, every owner wants to be George Steinbrook. They all want to have, they all want to be the boss and they all want people to think, I'm going to go out and I'm going to control my own destiny. Well, then they make stupid trades, they dump salary, or they rush in to give somebody a contract and they don't think of a long-term deal. That's why somebody like Andrew Friedman, that's why um, the Rays ownership, they're all Wall Street guys. They know how to hedge their bets and they know how to, how to go through a bull and a bear market. And you have other teams that are just wild, passionate owners that want to win right now. So they're going to do everything they can to win today is that so that's kind of obviously not how the rays were operating right was there ever a sense well it's also not how the dallas cowboys have operated with this passionate owner who's involved in day-to-day operations and shit and that's worked out really well (laughs) it has been a million years stand up if the owner if the general manager could stand up to the owner or the owner could stand up to the general manager and one of those guys get fired they'd win yeah yeah Right, but you would but think. Jerry well, Jones, I mean, look, yes, because even Jerry's admitting now that the way he handled the Jimmy Johnson situation was horrible. Right, right. He should have just let him keep. They probably would have won four or five, and within a ten-year period for sure, if he just left that shit alone. And you got to say something. Uh, we 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 talked to uh, Vessi about uh, Kraus in Chicago and how he blew that team up too. And I mean, he agrees to some degree, I guess. But I, well, he, there's a couple things. Yeah. Okay. So I, I worked for I worked for Eddie DeBartolo for a little while, the mm. greatest owner in sports. I'll <laughs> argue that and get into a fist fight with anybody over that. Eddie, when he first bought the 49ers, he was meddling. He'd get involved, and then all of a sudden he right. figured out I, I know how to build shopping malls. I don't know anything about running a football team. Let me just get out of the way. I'll sign checks, I'll shake hands with my yeah. players, and I'll find people that know what they're doing. Jerry Jones has not figured that out all these years of running the team. Great businessman, best businessman in the National Football League. Look at the value of that franchise. Six point five billion, right? Billion, billion, six point five billion. I think the next closest team is uh, is it is it Man United at like four point eight or something like that. Like they've jumped just in the last two years, way ahead of everybody. It used to be the Cowboys were maybe a couple hundred million ahead of everybody else. They were all in the like mid to high four billion range. And yeah. then in the low fives, I think Cowboys jumped to the low fives last year. Now they're up to six and a half billion, and I don't think anybody else is even close. So he's definitely no, a good so businessman. You, they're great businessmen, but on the field, am I getting what I'm? Am I getting what I really, really want? Which is no. 
Um, so you need an owner that understands I could be passionate. I could sit in my, I could sit in my suite. I could yell and scream all I want, but I have to find competent people around me and let them do their job. And you see great teams do that. And you see bad teams are the ones that the owners constantly right. getting in their mailing guys. That's the only job in America that you don't have to have any prereqs for other than being filthy rich. Right. Yeah. All these guys are, listen, there is not one owner in professional sports. that's a dummy. That's not been successful in order to buy a team. You have to have some kind of success, but what do they do? They get in there. And just because I'm a great lawyer, Peter Angelos is a great lawyer. Won all that money with all those cases across the country. Great owner. Can't run a baseball team to save his life. Um, there's so many different owners that have been great in whatever else they do, but whatever else they do is not professional sports because right. there, there's the business side of it. And then there's the front office side of it. And often they get involved in too many of the same things. Yeah. Well, anybody that's been involved in a startup company knows that one, it's easy to get from zero to a million dollars in revenue. Easy is a relative term. Getting from one to 15 million is a problem for most companies, right? Because that becomes the point where you need an actual person that is a supply chain specialist, like they, a chief operating officer that knows how to do that and not one of your buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need a chief marketing officer who understands digital media and advertising and not somebody that's going to go spend $50,000 on print magazine ads, for example. <laughs> you know what I mean? In 2021. The problem is startups, especially ones with too much money, make those mistakes over and over again, and they never have to pay for it because they have the money to spend their way out of it. And I think some of these richer teams, if you want to call it that. Now, I, I, with the Red Sox in the mid-2000s when they started implementing some of the fucking money balls strategy plus adding money onto it brilliant yeah and their success uh out of that made total sense to me but some of these owners that have gone through these processes before in business seem and i think i think you're right i think it's just emotional they they become fans of their team and they want their team to win and they're gonna fucking do whatever and it's and and they're well, dan they're dan, alphas think about this dan think about this if you're a business guy right you're a lawyer and you're doing corporate law are there 10 reporters standing there waiting on your every word is a TV camera in front of you. No, if you're, if you're um, the owner of the, uh, the Browns and you have truck stops and you make these big decisions on what you're going to do with your truck stops. So the pilot truck stops, there's not going to be a bunch of people standing there with cameras and you're not going to be on the front page of the newspaper for deciding that you're going to uh, upsize the drinks and make them uh, eight, 85 ounces instead of 35 ounces. Right. You make one little move in baseball. You make one little move in the Cleveland Browns. You're on the front page of the newspaper, the Cleveland play dealer. You're on all the sports talk shows. Everybody's talking about you. It's intoxicating. The hubris that you have will overwhelm you unless you have people that can stand there and keep you straight. Well, I mean, I, two things on that one uh, Roman emperors used to have a person that followed them around during their triumphs, post battle mm -hmm. parades through yeah. the city that said, you're just a man over yeah. and over. Marcus Aurelius used one of those guys. The second part is, I don't know, man. I agree with you. It is about ego, but how can you, if you're, if you're Jerry, how is your ego still wrapped up in this when you failed so much is it, for an entire, there are people he's with, got a gold jacket, man. There are people with children right now that are in school that have never been alive when the Cowboys have won. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fucking crazy. 
for America's team like that. So it's like being the prime minister of England. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but you get a bunch of people that are standing there telling you how great you are, oh, telling yeah. how smart you are. You walk down, you have these, these big lavish events. Listen, if Jerry Jones wanted to have dinner with the three of us, we'd jump a chance just to sit there and talk with Jerry, wouldn't we? Uh, sure, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Be, yeah, be. because he's a celebrity, and that's why it's intoxicating. You know, because I love that thing about Marcus Aurelius, because that's the part – uh, for the movie Patton that I remind people of all the time, that hubris will get you. Think of all, you know, we always say that we build people up in sports media to tear them down. I agree with that a little bit, but I also think that hubris will bring you down each and every time. Think of all the guys that have done all these great things. Think of the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs finally break the curse. Joe Madden is the king of Chicago. And now, how many years later, and the entire team's been broken up, yeah. and all those folks forgot about it? It's been a long five years. Yeah, it, right? sure, it sure has. It's been a long five years for Ben Zobers, especially. <laughs> uh, oh, poor sweet Ben. I didn't do any of that. I'm just commenting yeah, on it's, it. It's, so, yeah, it uh, yeah. poor guy. So, yeah, it's been, it's, it's, sports is just uh, kind of, you know, a, a soap opera for men, right? Yeah. It used to just be. You say that with disdain, like it's a bad thing. No, That's no, why no. Wrestling. Yeah, we, exactly. We That's what it. I was going to say. It's just like wrestling. It's, it's always kind of been that way. And now we're just kind of admitting. It. And the more that uh, uh, it, I, I think it's good in some ways, you see it in baseball. It's great. You see it in baseball with these young, especially the young Latin players are really starting to fucking let their personalities fly around in the field. And I think it's fucking good. Yeah. Like you can't, how do you, how do you argue that baseball is boring? When Tatis Jr. hits a ball fucking 6,000 feet and then flips the bat halfway across the diamond, and then they get in a fight afterwards, that all sounds dope to me. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan well, of every single thing. Well, unless you dislike the fighting. Unless yeah, but that's... The come on, man. What, what are we fucking going to pretend? <laughs> no, I, guess, I get that part. But, so I always said this. So I'm not a big bat flip guy, right? Right. I, I, I'm, there's a certain decorum that, you, that you're supposed to have with these games. People are going to look at me. Oh, look at you, you old man. What do you, what do you, you know, get off my lawn, right? Okay, I, 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 I can see it in your eyes right now. You're like, dude, shut up. I get it. <laughs> but here's the other part of that. Then if you let that happen, then we go, full, then we go all in. Yes. And if you're, if you're going to go all in, realize there's a lot of crazy stuff that'll happen in sports. And I don't want to hear anybody complaining when we have the fights, the bat flip, fine. Bat flip all you want. Yeah, I strike you out. Let me go down there and I'll, you know, give you one of these yeah. and, I'll, and I'll and I'll go like that or whatever. Here's the thing, though. I can tell both of you guys are pretty competitive, right? Mm -hmm. If I step up on you and we're in a bar and you've had a couple pops, what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to fight another. I've been in I've been in a lot of fights, so I'm not going to fight. But, yeah, I get your point for sure. OK, yeah. so yeah. if we understand that. And you want to, and you want to let you know, let make baseball fun again, like Bryce Harper said. Mm. Is it fun for both sides? Because if I'm going to show you up, I'm going to show you up. Then you better be prepared for me to show you up. And as competitive as people are, Dan, as competitive, you have to be that competitive to make yeah. it on that level, for sure. right? There's all alphas, and if I've got a, if I've got a room full of alphas, and I'm showing each other up, how long is it before one of those alphas takes it the next step to show? that he's not going to back down from somebody else. Well, hopefully not too long, because that's what I want to see. And here's, I've got a whole plan on this. <laughs> I hate pitchers hitting. It's pointless. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Right. What, are we going to start slotting in kickers and punters to play linebacker one play a game like we're in fucking Pop <laughs> Warner? Like, he's got to get a shot. No, get that asshole out of here and let a guy that knows how to hit hit. But 
the problem with that is along the same lines as what you're seeing that now it escalates shit. Like if the, if pitchers don't come up to hit and they hit people, then you're just going to hit the other team's best player, right? That's usually how that goes. But you don't, as a, as an, as a sport, as a fan of the sport, even if you're not a fan of that team, what you don't want to see is the best players on the field, not on the field. You don't want to see injuries and whatever the fuck else. And that's what's going to happen. It, it, it may, but here I have a solution. Well, look, at the, look, at the Giants, have, look at the Giants camp the other day. Oh, when yeah. Dan, when uh, what's his name is in the bottom of the pile. Everybody's going, what are they doing? They're fighting in the corner. Listen, if you, th- these are not a bunch of betas, right? No, no. These, are, these, are, these are guys that have achieved some of the greatest success in a gladiator sport, mm. what do you expect them to exactly, do? Exactly, yeah. They need that. That's a release valve that has to happen. Like, right. I, yeah. I was in the infantry in the army. If you don't fucking fuck each other up from time to time, shit doesn't sit right. You know what I mean? It's like shaking up a bag to make sure everything goes back in the place it's supposed to go to. I'm not fucking kidding. That's yeah. how it is. So here's my solution to that get rid of all pitchers heading, DH only. But, but. You get a certain amount of free mound charges per year without getting suspended. So, like in hockey, you can fight a guy and come back right. five minutes later. Unless it's a game misconduct, then you get kicked out, but you don't get suspended necessarily. You may, but you probably won't. In but hockey, you right? really think we'll ever get you get five mound charges out there? I would fucking that would be great. That would be great. You get but sixteen. It's not you get sixteen texts in the NBA. It is the only other good sport four fights like there's never yeah. been a good nba fight except malice in the palace and then uh, and wait a minute that wait was minute. that well no, 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 back no, 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 in no, the no. 70s and the 80s okay. Okay. i guess if you're talking yeah i'm yeah i'm, I'm rob, I, I, rob i gotta go old school on you yeah <laughs> ever see rudy tomjanovich <laughs> yeah get punched by kermit washington i have not <laughs> okay guys was, Google like that. that's why we yeah. don't have yeah. fights in the nba so kermit washington just rears back and i mean he just clocks rudy tomjanovich Take almost decapitates him, and Rob, I'm not making this up. Tom Janovich, the former Rockets coach, yeah, you can probably know more for the Rocket coach of the Rockets, actually had spinal fluid spilling into his head and his <laughs> mouth because he got hit so hard. That's why the NBA uh, is completely, t- completely went away from the old school rough and tumble. Yes, yeah. See, I, all I remember is Shaq throwing the worst punches I've ever seen. Yeah. At, uh, oh no, 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 no. Go back. <laughs> Like when you go back to MJ when he first came into the league, guys were lighting him up like a linebacker coming, mm. like a receiver coming across the middle, and the linebacker taking somebody's head off. Riley rules. If you went to the if you went to the hole against the LA Lakers, mm. the Riley rule is I am going to clothesline you, and you are never going to finish that layup. The NBA way way back in the day in the seventies. That's why they got kicked off TV. That's why when when Bird and Magic were coming on. That's why the NBA used to have their their games on tape delay at eleven o'clock after eleven thirty after they got done with Zippy the weather guy doing the the weather. That's when they'd show the NBA because it was a vicious league. You look at you look at LeBron James and you look at all these new stars in the NBA. Oh, I got scratched. I heard somebody this year during the NBA finals going, "You want to see how physical the game is? Look at my guy. He's scratched." <laughs> to go back and look at some of the videos of the bad boys and the go Pistons. watch Kurt Rambis play basketball. Go watch Rambis. Go watch Jerry Sheesting. Go watch the old Boston Celtics. <clears throat> those were those were that was those brutal. W, w, those were those were UFC matches compared <sighs> to what we have today in the NBA. Yeah, I mean that's but that's what I want. Look, people charge the mound anyways. They do. It's not yeah. like we're introducing a well, new thing into baseball that doesn't already exist. I I say allow the mound charge. 
apply the hockey third man in rule. If you join in to the fight, you're fucking ejected. You're suspended for 10 games, right? Out of, out of the gate. Let those two dudes fight. Let's see what happens. Well, there, so, so I don't even know if you have to go that far, Dan. There is unwritten rules that, unfortunately, nobody wants to pay attention to mm-hmm. anymore. You, if, if you take out my second baseman, uh, when you come up, you're going to get drilled. Yep. And if you take it, it's over. Yep. If you want to keep, if you want to, it's probably like you when you're in the barracks, somebody messes with you, either I'm going to take it or I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to take my lumps or I'm going to push back. And if right. I push back, I'm going to escalate it. And if I keep escalating it, it's going to turn into something bigger, right? Yep. Same thing in baseball. But unfortunately, <clears throat> we're not able to throw inside. You're not able to please, you're not able to please the game because people are like, oh, you're going to, you're throwing at people. Listen. I'm not saying I, I worked with, uh, I, I got a chance to spend a lot of time with Don Zimmer, right? Zim was the best. Zim almost died from getting hit in the head. Right. There's a professional way of going out and doing these things. You hit him in the thigh, you hit him in the ribs, you hit him between the letters. You never go above the head. You never throw behind the head. You're not trying to maim people, but you are trying to police the game. Dan, is it any different in the military? You're, you know, if you got to keep someone in line and it's, it's the guys in your company they keep them in line, and there's rules on how you do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's always levels of of aggression that are that are prescribed, either written or otherwise, right? I mean, it, it happens like that. But what what we've done now is is the same thing that happens always when organizations get risk averse, which is that you remove the mechanism for conflict resolution, and now there is no conflict resolution. So the only thing that could possibly ever happen is that it only becomes visible when it's at its worst peer part, which what means was, there's no opportunity. There's, there are no opportunities in that scale for it to be interdicted until it just fucking explodes. Yeah. And that's what we have right now. I don't think a guy charging the mound and fighting a pitcher is exploding. What I think is exploding is fans fucking each other up in the stands, teams having like 15-game rivalries where they're at each other's throats the whole time. No, usually if somebody comes out and has an issue and they fucking scrap about it, it goes away pretty fast, to be honest. Typically. That's just how it works. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple examples where there's, like, bad blood, like the uh, the Cueto Reds <laughs> and the Cardinals with or Molina the, hated each other. Like, that, no matter how many fights they had, it yeah. never stopped. Yeah, the Marlins in the Braves right now, that's weird. I think they're just trying to pitch Acuna inside and missing. Well, that's, so that's what we're going to ask about, because that's well, okay, another. Okay, so that's, okay. So let me jump in, Rob. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Here's the thing. Back in the day, I throw inside. Again, somebody throws inside against you, it's a badge of honor. Like right. Don Drysdale, right? Like people used yeah. to take pride in that shit. Willie Mays knew that he was going to get yeah. he was going to get knocked down three or four times. Didn't take any umbrage with it. Then all of a sudden, we get into the eighties and nineties, and people want to walk out with Kevlar. Don't you dare throw inside on me! Yeah, and, and we get and we get caught up in something. And and Rob, I want to hear what you what you think about this. We get caught up in the well. What about the kids? What kind of example are we setting for the kids? Now, I used to think that was garbage. Like, who cares? There's, there's no nine-year-old that's going to pay attention to what the big leaguers are doing. But as I get older, and I, and I now have a son, and I watched him go through Little League, I was blown away watching kids instantly emulate what they see on the field. How many kids do you see walking around dabbing? Social media makes it <laughs> uh, viral, and now you get kids that do everything that the big leaguers are doing. Yep. So you want to yep. bat flip like Tatis? That's great. I got an eight-year-old is bat flipping right now. You want to go <laughs> and throw down and have him rush the mound? Guarantee you, Dan, if you do that, I'm going to have 10-year-olds rushing the mound Good. And, and, and where monkey see, monkey does. Good. I'm, I'm perfectly I'm, happy with know, that because conflict resolution at the earliest possible age 
this is how it works, and this is something that we talk about on one of our political shows quite a bit. But we start off as human beings, there's always kind of some kind of friction, there's some kind of conflict. We start off uh, whispering to each other because we're super close, and the farther we get apart, we start talking and then screaming, and then the only thing left after that are projectiles. The, at, it, when you resolve issues, conflict resolution at the earliest possible fucking level, right, which is dodgeball, right, or, or learning how to deal with bullies in a way that, that doesn't involve parents and teachers necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to this, uh, this premise by these two dudes. They wrote a book called The Coddling of the American Mind, and what they say is prepare your children for the road. Don't prepare the road for your children. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Wait, that, say that one more time. Prepare your children for the road. Don't prepare the road for your children. Because okay, you, so when I had a kid, and I got a 20-year-old right now, mm-hmm. um, we didn't baby-proof the house. We house-proofed the baby. Right. I, I didn't walk around putting a bunch of things uh, in the, you know, uh, don't let him touch this. Don't let him touch that. I said, hey, don't touch that. Or you're going or, or to get in trouble. Yeah. And I made sure that he knew where the, where the boundaries were. Exactly. So you teach kids that. What, what are you going to teach them? That, it's, that, that physical conflict is never okay? Because that's not reality. That is not how life works. As a matter of fact, okay, we have an entire industry of combat sports that goes completely against that, right? I mean, with Let's the kid- one more thing in. Yeah. Rob, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, didn't okay. to I would say with the kid thing, I mean, people charge the mound all the time, I guess, when I was a kid. Not in the kid baseball games, mm-hmm. but on TV or whatever. Like yeah. it was if, more, if, if, more... if they did it in your kid baseball teams, I'd go watch. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. But like I, that was a normal thing in the 90s or whatever. And like no one ever charged the mound. I mean, I could probably remember one mound charge in my entire history. Because the consequences league. were different. Like if you charge yeah. the mound in Major League Baseball you might get a five-game suspension, maybe, unless yeah. you try to swing a bat at somebody's head. You might be kicked off the team. If, if you, you do it in, in Little League, you're gone from the league. If right. you do it in high school, you're gone from the league forever. Like right. The, right. High school teams will ban, the, the high school baseball association would ban you for the rest of your Yeah, you'd, you'd be kicked off the team. You'd forever. forever. Yeah. It's the you same way. Move. You don't fight in hockey until you get to the minor leagues. There's no fighting in NCAA hockey. No. No, there's no. not. Right. There, is, there certainly is not. Right. There's not in the ECHL, however, <laughs> it's only. Fighting. I worked in the West Coast Hockey League. There's plenty of fighting. Yeah, yeah it's only fighting. fighting. Yeah, you have to start. Here's the other part, guys, is we don't even know how to have conflicts anymore. No, no. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. If you if you teach kids to have them at the lowest possible level, like, hey, you you have to make a decision as a human being. Willie Mays had to decide when Don Drysdale's buzzing him up and in. Am I going to get mad and interrupt the flow of this game and maybe lose because of my fucking angry and ego? Or am I going to stay in there, wait for that low and away slider, and drill it down the right field line and get a triple? What's, that's my decision to make. What Carlos Correa did the other day to Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. Joe Kelly's doing the fucking whining bullshit walking off the mound, and then he throws a fucking belt-high fastball, and, and Correa hits it 450 feet. And he just casually trots around the bases as he's getting booed. That is winning. Right. He and won that confrontation. that conflict's yep. over. Now, what if Correa, what if Correa um, lets the bat slip out of his hand and it goes hurtling towards Joe Kelly, then it's Armageddon, right? You mean, you mean like how uh, Manny Machado tries to do from time to time, right? <laughs> well, here's the deal, guys. No, that's think of very diplomatic of you. He definitely think, did that. Dan, think of this. Uh, you're in high school, right? Yep. Cute girl. She keeps looking at you, keeps, you know, watching you as you walk by. You make eye contact. How are you going to ask her out? Uh, me, just directly, because I'm a sociopath. But, oh, I was going to say, throw, okay. throw a bat at her. Yeah, definitely not throw, throw a bat at her. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, you know what happens now? What? You're 16, 17 years old. You don't walk up to some girl and just start talking to her like, hey, how'd you like to go out after 
after the football game on Friday night. You got you got you got to slide into her DMs. You got to find her yeah. on Snapchat. <laughs> you got to look for her on some on some dating app. There's a whole process. We don't know how to have face to face conversations. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. You know. I, but I, sport, I the sports sports is the one place where you're forced to do that, though, right? Like even in, even if it's not a team sport, if it's an individual sport, there is always the conflict no. between two you know personalities. What? No, I'll disagree with you, Dan. You, you you know what you hear now? You hear players chirping at their teammates on Twitter. Oh yeah. Well, you can blame right? Phil Jackson that means, for that, right? Back in the day, if you did that, somebody's going to knock you out. Unless you were Phil Jackson, he talked shit about his team, his players in the media all the time. Well, that's right? different. He would he would use the media to get his message across to right. players. But you got players. We're talking about. We're talking about peer interaction and peer conflict. Yeah. You got players now that will, will run their mouths on Twitter, but they won't say it in the locker room. Yeah. And, but nothing, ago, nothing gets that, resolved, right? Nothing gets resolved. Yeah. Cause then I'm just going to sit there and not talk to you. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to send you a mean emoji face back. So how fucking stupid is that? So I would much rather have, but that's how, but that's how our society is. It is. I, I got a rule, right. I got a rule. When I first started this business, mm-hmm. um, I started a little, I told you, I first started after I was Tenny bar and I started in a little town. And I can run my mouth all I want because I never see anybody, right? I can talk all I can talk all I want on the radio because I never see anybody that I was talking about because they're in the big leagues. Mm. Then when I got my first job in LA, I ran my mouth and I got confronted. And the player called me out. You're right, I said it. Uh, we had a resolution. Um, he told me that you know I was a coward and blah 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 blah, but I stood there and took it. And then afterwards, he came back and he goes, "All right, you know what?" I still think you're a jerk, but at least you stood there and took it. So you're okay. So he gave me, he, he, he let me off the hook. That's the secret. And I had a rule. Of, I will that, never say anything on the radio that I won't say to your face. Yeah. That, that's Nobody a, else has that rule anymore on social media. Nobody, a lot no. of people don't have that rule <clears throat> in, in the media. They'll run their mouth and say stuff that they would never say to anybody else's face. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, and the, the it's, it's kind of like customer service. People just want to be heard. Like you yeah. might, you might be right, but that doesn't mean that doesn't piss me off. You know what I mean? So what's, Listen, so again, you're making before yeah, I've yeah, yelled yeah, at people sure. in stores. I've been frustrated before, yep. but it's, it's part of our society that we don't know how to talk to each other. We just talk at each other. You know, I'm enjoying this conversation with you two, not because you're sitting there with a uh, room full of booze is we're actually having a free flowing exchange of ideas. And mm. I'm talking to you. And neither one of you are talking at me. That's why your show's successful. Yeah. I mean, it's what's the, what are you going to do to sit around and listen to yourself all the time? Right. Like, what kind of fucking person do you expect to become? You, all you do is, <laughs> a, all a you do, you just can, yeah, exactly. You just continue to manicure the information you already have to fit whatever's going on. That is called confirmation bias, right? That's okay. So most... I'll throw this out at you, Rob, since he was dropping um, Marcus Aurelius when Nixon, had Khrushchev over and they were touring around Disneyland and they were showing them like stuff at the world's fair. Khrushchev's talking about how great uh, communism is and how great the Soviet union is. And Nixon's going back and forth and Khrushchev doesn't want to hear any of Nixon's thoughts on, on capitalism versus communism. And Nixon looked over and he goes, my friend, comrade, don't be afraid of new ideas. I'm not afraid of new ideas. I like new ideas. It either makes me smarter it reinforces what I already think, or it make, or it corrects me on something that I gotta, I gotta rethink about. And and I don't know if enough people are open to being challenged with new ideas. I just like that Khrushchev made Nixon look progressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure Nixon was probably prepared for the conversation because he had bugged Khrushchev's <laughs> yeah. car on the way over. 
Uh, 100%. Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, 100%. Absolutely. An idea that's not tested is not, it's, it's worth nothing. Like, if, you, if you're, you put your information through the filter of reality, and if it doesn't stand up to the filter of reality, then it's useless. That's not, if, that, that's not anything. And people have no tolerance for that either. I mean, we just kind of make up whatever we want the world. It, it's, it used to be that science and religion, or philosophy, if you want to uh, uh, bifurcate that, was the discussion in the, on the science side of what is, and then on the philosophy or religion side or ethics side, what ought to be, right? Like, we're discussing what the world is. You're discussing what we think the world should be. Reality versus hope. You know what I mean? And it's not that the two should conflict necessarily. It's that this is reality regardless of what ought to be, right? Now, we can try to change reality sometimes to make things better or whatever the case is, but reality is still reality. And if you do not accept that, then you're going to be just lost forever. What did Carl Sagan say? Uh, it's, uh, I, for me, it's far better to accept the universe as it, as it truly is rather than persist in delusion regardless of how satisfying it might be. Because Rob, are you writing this stuff down? <laughs> I'm just thinking about how the world ought to be on a turtle's back. Yeah, it should. If it was on a turtle's back, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, I like turtles, except for that. Who was that dude that ripped the turtle in half? Oh, the the Florida State player Aguayo, I believe, yeah, yeah. one of the Aguayo brothers. R.I.P. Turtle. Turtle. Yeah. The curse of Turtle. Have you ever heard that story? No. Uh, <laughs> one of the Aguayo brothers went to a fraternity party at Florida State. Uh, while they were playing on the team, and this was in the Jimbo Jameis day, you know, when they're making the playoffs, right. and this is peak Florida State in the 21st century. And uh, this Aguayo brother, I think he's getting kicked out or just leaving and is like mad at, you know, dumb frat fight type of situation. And uh, just get, takes this guy's pet turtle, shell to shell, rips it open, and then leaves. And Murders his turtle. And they've sucked ever since. Yeah, it's, and the turtle <laughs> was named Turtle because it was a frat house turtle. And the, the Florida State's yeah, Turntle the Turtle. And Can I steal this and use it? Yeah, absolutely. This is a real story. Yeah, this and is, Florida State huh. has been cursed. They have not been good at football since the Turntle's murder. Yeah, and that dude just died, too, Bobby Bowden. Maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. Although that was like a decade after the fact. Yeah, Bowden, we can't, Bowden wasn't complicit in Turntle's death. No, he was death, gone by then. No, yeah. He was already gone. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, it's, I'm glad to see the NFL didn't include ripping turtles in half at the combine afterwards. <laughs> That is an impressive feat of strength. I'm not gonna lie. Like if you, are you are you tearing it like a like a um, like a phone book? Put it in half. Yeah. He, I'm guessing he pulled the shell apart and didn't yes. kind of, rip the turtle. Is that? I mean, then that guy. Ugh. He belongs in prison forever because he's probably going to do that to a person at some he's point. He's a fucking psycho. Yeah. yeah nobody, like, uh, no, anybody that abuses animals usually. I, I'm just going on record. I am against ripping turtles apart. Same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same. We've, we've famous I, for that. We can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. I don't think that's too controversial a statement. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you need a college football fun fact for any, either your Arizona shows, uh, uh, I'm telling you, that's the curse of go. turtle is real. So you're doing, uh, you're doing the post game for, for, uh, Arizona football or everything, basketball, baseball, everything. What do you? Uh, b- uh, football and football and basketball. Because I see you're wearing a. Base- well, I'm rep. I'm repping the West Coast out here. I'm repping the Pacific Twelve <laughs> Conference, the Conference of Champions. Well, I, d- when's the last time the Pac-12 has won a championship? Well, you mean like in football, basketball, or, and anything? Oh, they win all the time. T- when? In anything, they've probably won. A, they probably won a couple this year. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. Won. In major sports oh. that people give a shit about. So in football or basketball? Ah, Correct. well. 
All right. So here's the deal. We got a new commissioner out here on the Pacific 12 conference. Guy's really sharp. Um, before everybody was chasing the Sears Cup. Yeah. Last commissioner the Pac-12 had, he would talk about Olympic sports before he talked about football and basketball. Olympic sports are important. Um, all those student athletes are out there busting their butt, but football is the flagship. Basketball is the flagship. New commissioner is, understands that, and he's going to do everything he can to make sure you set up football and basketball in order to be successful. And then that's also going to raise the tide of the boats for everybody else and all the other, uh, and all the other Olympic sports that need are important in a university. They need to win, but it's going to be football and basketball that paved the way for everybody else. Right. How are you? I mean, uh, they pay for most of the fucking down ballot varsity sports. They pay for everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every once in a while you'll have like, uh, like women's basketball teams that are very successful. Make UConn money. makes money. Yeah. UConn, Tennessee used to make a Tennessee. lot of money back there, but yeah, I mean, other than those major programs. Yeah. Like women's hockey, even though they're as they may be more competitive, women's hockey may be more competitive than the men's hockey teams in universities because a lot of men's guys go to professional franchises earlier. Right. They don't. They fucking have never made a dime. Well, even I don't think a single men's baseball team turns a profit. Probably and there not. are some maybe like Ole Miss <clears throat> or Vandy, but I, I mean there are some really the, out on the West Coast too. There are some passionate college baseball fan bases, but like yeah, but it's so there's so many. Uh, the the good thing about college football is you can stack if there's one game a week and you can stack fucking 80,000 people in the stadium. Right. 80,000 people are not showing up to watch a baseball game. No, they're not showing up to watch if, major if, league baseball. <laughs> yeah. If you talk to, if you talk to a, a coach of let's say women's tennis mm -hmm. or women's basketball, they're going to tell you, we'll say, Hey, listen, I really like your program. I think you're doing great. Um, how, how do I help support your team? They're going to tell you, Buy football season tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because football season tickets, it's a big, big misnomer that you have. The football turns a huge profit. Absolutely. Football brings in revenue. Football spends a lot. But football and basketball also cover the cost of all the other sports. You can't yeah. make money at uh, sand volleyball. You can't make money at uh, tennis. You can't make money on golf. So all the rest of those, um, all the rest of those programs, do depend on the success that you have and people buying tickets for those for those sports like football and basketball. Well, since we're talking about college football, I know you're in the Pac-12 over there, but a uh, little shakeup in the SEC, a little shakeup nationwide, and now it yeah. seems like the presumption is that this is going to continue to escalate into those just one major Division One college football conference or how, whatever you want to call it, the NFL of college football, and then everybody else. Um, what do you think about that? Where do you think it's going now? You know, after See, this, this is move? so crazy. Um, 10 years ago, we had realignment. Yeah. Uh, you had, uh, you know, Maryland jumping ship. You yep. had, uh, and the PAC 12 uh, was talking about becoming the PAC 16, right? They were already looking for more teams to bring in. Cause they wanted, right. to, you, they wanted you, got, super you had, uh, you had Colorado and Utah joining the Pacific 12 mm -hmm. conference, Pacific 10 conference. Now Pacific 12 conference. Yep. Depends. Um, here's the big thing that nobody's talking about. It's the demise of the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Since that Supreme Court decision came down that really wiped out amateurism in, in college athletics, what does the NCAA really have anymore as a, as a stick to control everything? They've well, lost all their power. What They've if, lost all their juice. Other than being able to control the BCS process itself, the, the NCAA has always had, not always, but at least especially recently had kind of comically limited power against the major football conferences, right? Like the well, football they, conference, they you, you saw it last year with the COVID thing. Some of the conferences are like, fuck you, we're going to do what we want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, 
Well, you, you the the NCAA could drop the hammer down on you in in like postseason bans, stiff stiff penalties, postseason bans, um, reduction of scholarships. scholarships. They always had yeah. that hammer that they could drop on top of you, right? Yeah. Now that hammer is gone. So I, I, it's like mom and dad just left, and it's a bunch of uh, seventh and eighth graders in the house by themselves. They're gonna do whatever they want. So it's like the Stanford prison experiment, except for with children. <laughs> so we'll see so what the happens, Southeastern right? Southeastern Conference, you know, Southeastern Conference. They've got their deal that just is expiring. This is last year. They're on CBS. They're going to uh, to ESPN. They're getting a ton of money. They're the dominant conference in all of uh, of college football. Uh, why wouldn't you want to go join them? Yeah, so if you're sure. Texas and you're Oklahoma, uh, you go over there. You you're playing with the big boys. And if you're the SEC, why wouldn't I take Texas and Oklahoma? And you're going to bring me a huge fan base. Yeah, for sure. But the Big 12 games last year, I think the top 80%, I think 80% of the viewership, if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere, that 80% of the viewership was Texas and Oklahoma. They are the they are the lion's share of what the yeah. Big 12 was. And, and then they just got the, I think the Washington State president called it predatory. His SEC just went over there, pounced on him, took him. Now the Big 12 has to figure out what I'm going to do. Is it worth staying? Will they be a Power 5 conference? I don't think they will. I think no. they're going to end up, probably falling apart and the big 10 is going to have to get stronger. The ACC certainly has to protect its flank. The, the SEC doesn't come trying to steal Florida state, Miami or Clemson and the PAC 12 better make sure that USC is happy in the PAC 12 in order to keep this conference together. Hey, Rich, real quick, we got to do some ads uh, just to uh, pay for all our fun stuff here. And mostly just the uh, substances we put in our bodies. So uh, let's get into that. Uh, and we'll get right back to, uh, to you. So winning season, in case you didn't know, returns at mybookie.com, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to all the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes are live on site to make this winning season your best ever with mybookie.com. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before in the NFL, you need a, 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 a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than mybookie.com. I know you're going to bet a lot this season, so the smart thing to do is to sign up at mybookie.com and use our promo code, Drinking Bros, to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using the promo code Drinking Bros and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Next up, we got Killcliffe CBD. The Flamin' Joe is back in stock. If you didn't know, that's Joe Rogan's uh, CBD drink for Killcliffe at killcliffe.com. Live your life full of flavor. Uh, the the Flamin' Joe is like a spicy pineapple drink. Uh, it's one of our favorites. I like to put a little tequila in it sometimes. Uh, make a little spicy marg for you. Like again, that's jalapeno and pineapple. Uh, Killcliffe was developed by U.S. Navy SEAL to give you the benefits you need without sacrificing flavor. It's full of all kinds of Aside from the CBD, just, you know, good stuff that's good for your body, B vitamins, uh, electrolytes, stuff like that. And uh, along with the new Flamin' Joe CBD, all their other flavors uh, are, are great as well. The Flamin' Joe is actually not even my favorite. Uh, I like the Strawberry Days the best. It's like a strawberry lemonade one. They also have Mango Tango, Orange Crush, 
uh, Orange Kush, I think, uh, the goat, the grapest of all time. Or you can get a variety pack, and you can get those for 30% off right now for a limited time. The promo code DRINKINGBROS at KillCliff.com will get you 30 per, uh, 30% off. That is KillCliff.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to get 30% off all their drinks and apparel. They have some cool T-shirts and stuff as well. Uh, and along with the CBD, the one I actually drink more of is their energy drink, the Ignite. It's the best energy drink on the market, in my opinion, because it's not full of sugar, doesn't leave you with jitters. Uh, I actually, it's the only energy drink I can drink, aside from literal coffee, uh, when I have a hangover, because it has uh, only 20 calories a can, no sugar, so you're not going to get like anxious and tight and jittery. Uh, B vitamins, electrolytes, it's naturally flavored, and I think the caffeine is natural too. It's like extracted directly from uh, green tea or something like that. I mean, it's good natural caffeine. It's, it's not uh, a bunch of stuff made in a lab that's going to that it's gonna taste like plastic, make your body feel like shit. It, it's legitimately like it's all natural stuff. So Killcliff again, is offering Drinking Bros an exclusive offer. That's 30% off. Go to Killcliff.com and use the promo code Drinking Bros. That is K-I-L-L-C-L-I-F-F.com and use the promo code Drinking Bros to take advantage of this 30% off offer. Last but not least, we have Ghostbed. I don't know what to really say about Ghostbed. You guys know Ghostbed. They've been with us forever. I mean, they're they're like our favorite advertiser in the world. Five years, they get uh, nothing but good reviews. And, uh, you know, like everything that you would want from a bedding company, they have the best mattresses on the market, uh, incredible sheets. They have a 20-year warranty. Uh, so, I mean... Y- uh, if any time in the next 20 years that mattress screws up, they have a warranty for that. 101 nights free, you can try it out. And if you don't like it, you can return it. No hard feelings. Um, but one of our favorite parts about Ghostbed, because we live here in Texas and it's hot, Rich, you live in Arizona, you know, uh, cooling technology. So when it gets brutally hot here in the summer, uh, the sheets, the pillows, the mattress, they all have cooling technology. And uh, you can get all of those things in a bundle, which is uh, pretty big news because Ghostbed is offering deals on bundles right now. You don't have to think about it. Just choose from one of their four mattresses and then pick the rest of your bundle. So whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want their cooling pillows and sheets as well, you can get the best bang for your buck by adding all that together. And those bundles are 40% off, 40% off. They're having a flash sale right now. Um, Adjustable bases are in there too, so you can make the mattress move up and down like it's a freaking... um I don't know, like you can turn into a couch or it's like a futon, but for an adult, not for a, you know, 20 year old living in a dorm. Uh, or if you want, you can just get 30% off anything uh, with the promo code Drinking Bros. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros for any of this stuff that I just mentioned. Again, that's ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. 40% off bundles or 30% off with the code uh, Drinking Bros. And uh, you don't need great credit. It's like $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing plan at ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Yeah, but in these discussions that you're having, right, these, these hypothetical discussions, it's, it's the conference and conference leadership trying to propagate our, their own existence. But they don't necessarily need to exist. You know what I mean? Like the universities still exist, and they're the ones that are cranking out all the talent. Who gives a fuck about the ACC? I, so well, they don't need to exist for football. They're still no, much more they, useful for everything else. Sure. I'll, I'll disagree because I have to have a distribution package of, of games where, I, where, I'm, where I'm going to share with everybody else in my conference. So Notre Dame has NBC as their lone um, television provider, right? right? They have that whole platform <clears> to the self. If I disbanded the SEC in Florida State, Miami, and ACC, 
which are the three biggest uh, schools in the ACC, could they be able to find their own national NBC? Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't need to find. They would need to find their own because then they're using your pool, just like Fox Sports South back in the day or Fox Sports whatever back in the day. And then, uh, I mean, what what would happen if? I don't know, Disney bought ESPN and Fox and ABC and Hulu and fucking all this stuff. That, that's what's happened, right? right. And now they're using the same distribution networks. They're just white labeling the fucking digital platform. It's all the same software. They're just white labeling all this shit. And that's what Fox did back in the day with all the different sports channels. And, the, and NBC with NBC Bay Area and so on and so forth. That's where I used to watch the Warriors. It's... The NCAA, NCAA has no power left because if let's say no. Clemson does something fucked up, let's say Clemson violates some recruiting rules and NCAA comes to them and says, hey, you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, or we're going to penalize you this way. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to the SEC where we're going to no, go. No, 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 no. We're going to go to the SEC no, no. and be part of that conference with their own distribution. Well, fuck the BCS. We're going to play with the best teams in the country, well, which are SEC and ACC and Big Ten, right? I, mean, I, I don't think we're to that point yet. Not yet. I still think the NCAA can still drop the hammer. And, and severely penalize you if you do something like that. But um, only in the meantime, right? That more, like five or that? 10 years, only, only in the meantime, five or 10 years from now, that's probably not going to be the case if this trend continues. Well, here's the other part that we haven't thrown out there. Remember, all of this is not controlled by the athletic department. These are all, these are all these conferences and the universities are all controlled by school presidents, right. which for the most part are academians, not sports fans. Right. So the academians are the ones that are deciding, like the Pacific 12 Conference, right? They want research institutes with some kind of homogeneity of the West Coast, and they have a lot of things that has nothing to do with football. So they're going to go out and look for other schools. You know what we need? Do we need a really great football program that can win and bring us more money to the conference? No. School president says, I'd like to have a school that's a research institute that matches our academic curriculum. Right. And so the football, uh, or I'm sorry, the, uh, 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 what do you call it? The AD says, all right, cool. Here's what we'll do. We'll give 10% of our football revenue this year to academia, like to, yeah. to whatever specific research program. You could use that as a leveraging chip now. If you're the Pac-12 and you want to bring in, I don't know, Cal Poly, not that they would, right? But if you wanted to bring in Cal Poly for their academics, you'd be like, hey, look, you get this part of the fucking revenue from the, from the football program. Why wouldn't you want to come over here? It's not like you can't have both, right? Because that's what we have now. Well, you we have all these varsity sports that are being subsidized by football. Why not make it academia as well? And it already well, you, is to some degree. You do. So Nick Saban, I'll tell, Nick Saban talks about this, mm -hmm. that college athletics is the porch to your university. Yep. So look at Texas A&M a couple of years ago when they had Johnny football. Mm -hmm. They had money coming in like they've never had before because of the success. They had donors that were showing up, but more importantly, Kids thought that Texas A&M was cool yep. and their admissions and their applications went through the roof. They're able to get better kids coming in. They're better getting smarter kids coming in, higher GPAs, higher SAT scores, which made them a more desirable institution, which also gave them more research money. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line was Johnny football didn't bring in all that money just in football tickets and in the, in the expansion of the Texas A&M uh, stadium. He brought it in across the board to the entire university and all the tides rise with that boat. Yeah. I mean, so we're, I think what we're seeing is free market capitalism happening in college sports. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? think the, 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 what, the restraints are being taken off because it was yes. kind of not free market. No, I mean, the NCAA has manipulated these organizations 
financially for quite a while now, right? I mean, let's be fucking real frank about that. And look, the, the, the schools didn't have anything to say about it because they were reaping the benefits as well. It was only the players that were getting fucked for all that time. <laughs> right. Now, well, the players have okay. power, right? The well, players have power. How much, how, much, uh, how much student loans did you guys walk away with? Uh, well, I, the U.S. government, you paid for mine. Thanks. Yeah, so. Thank you very much. And by the way, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say that as uh, the father of a midshipman. So mm. my son's uh, an aspiring uh, uh, for aspiring uh, to have a military career. So mm. thank you for your service. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. I have, a, I have a whole new perspective on, on watching and seeing what our, our military people go through. And it just, it, 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 it shocks me. And, and I'm just in awe of folks that serve in uniform and, and the sacrifices they make that I never understood before my, my son decided this is what he wanted to do for a living. Well, are you going to go to the, uh, to the army Navy? It's in, it's in MetLife this year. Is it? We went, yeah. we, we went, I went, uh, I took him because he, when he told us he wanted to join the military, mm-hmm. uh, we said, my wife said, okay, we'll support you, but we want you going as an officer. It's tough enough life as it is. Yeah. Um, why don't you try to be an officer? So we took him. So he's been aspiring uh, forever. And we took him to the army Navy game and we took him. He was all army, all gung ho. Like mm-hmm. he, he was 100% until he saw that bullshit player. triple option. He was like, fuck this. <laughs> so this then he went and he saw, and he saw the mids and he goes, man, those guys are buttoned up. I want to be one of those. So that's, that's what he inspired for forever. Um, and he actually got into the United States merchant Marine Academy. That's um, awesome. And then when he, he's planning on uh, going active duty Navy, as soon as he graduates. So that's good. Yeah. Anyways, we... take you down rat hole. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How much money did, uh, how much money do most people walk away with uh, after they go to college? I would students? say I think the average uh, for an undergrad degree is somewhere between fifty and sixty k in student loan okay. debt. Somewhere in that's the average. But you know, if you go to a nicer university, if you're an out of state guy, something like right. that, it's more like a hundred, one twenty, give or take. Okay, Rob, you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went in state at a major. Mm-hmm. I went to the University of Missouri, so I probably walked away with like. 30-ish, something, 40, 50, maybe. It's not crazy for people to walk away from Mizzou, $100,000 in debt, right? Yeah, for sure, especially the out-of-staters, like you said. Dan, Dan, you say that you got your education for free thanks to the U.S. taxpayers. Mm -hmm. You didn't get it for free. You had to... you had to do something. You had to give something more than just money. Mm. You had to give years in your life of, of commitment to serve our country in order to get that college paid for, right? Right. Tonstoffel. There's no such thing as a free lunch. So is everybody saying, oh, these college athletes, these college athletes, you get something from it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a football player and you're a basketball player, you're bringing in more money than you're getting back in return. That's part of life. Mm-hmm. But nobody is nobody's getting nothing for going to be a college athlete. You're getting something. Now, maybe if you're Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon and you're bringing in $5 million and you're only getting a hundred thousand dollar education, well, or good for Oregon, they 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 made a profit off of you. But there's a there's a swimmer out there that is bringing in zero, and she's getting a hundred thousand dollar education. Right. Student athletes do student athletes do get something from this, and I get I get irritated when I hear people going, "Why? What did he get out of this? These players aren't getting it." Hey, listen, you know what? Tell that to somebody who walked away with $200,000 in student loans when they got done with college. Sure. I mean, but this is a discussion, a bigger discussion about the inefficacy of, or inefficiency rather, of our education system in the country, right? The fact that you could even incur $100,000 in debt. 
by becoming too much money chasing well, too few or games. even just yeah. beyond but, that like it the it's not even that they're not getting anything because I agree. I mean, most people, most athletes, even on the football team, are probably only worth their scholarship, except for like some maybe like twenty right. guys. But you're, this is two different conversations, right. right? Like him being able to monetize monetize himself outside of that organization. That's is a completely the thing. Different discussion, you shouldn't. Right? They sh- it's it's yeah. Them not being able, like them being told they cannot make money. Yeah, that's the, always been a weird, the weird thing. I think you have to decide: our athletic departments, one big unit. Or are the football teams separate than everybody else? Because if it's all one big unit, then it's a business. And you know what? There's in, in in let's say in our broadcasting business. All right. So the guy behind the microphone is the talent, and he's the one bringing in the eyes and the eyeballs and the and the ears. But the technical guy backstage doesn't get paid as much. But I couldn't do what I'm doing without him. Correct. But he still so, gets paid less. He still gets paid less. <laughs> right. So it just depends. Are they one big, or is it one big program or is it each individual sport? And if it's each individual sport, we do have to point out the fact that there are a lot of sports that just track and field is not going to bring in any dollars. And they are living on the, on the, on the greatness of the, the sports that the revenue sports that come in. Right. I mean, it's symbiotic, right? It's gotta be. That's how most things in life are. There's, there's an A and a B and they fit together and, benefit from one another's from the it's what all human civilization is we figured out to keep the predators away we should probably get into you know at, at least slightly larger groups than we were before and then it Do most of the conversations you have on this uh, rev- kind of devolve back into marcus aurelius yes 100 i just want to make sure i'm yeah. not just i'm not i don't want to drag down the program no no i i it's i think that uh pretty much everything that happens in sports is is in sports, maybe more so than any other avenue, uh, because of the con the, the nature of competition and conflict, right? And how it is a mirror of society, how things are going in society is it's that's why I love sports so much. I mean, aside right. from just the competition, it's that I don't need to watch a drama on television. I can watch real shit happening right here. And I think that was yeah. the initial thing about social media that made it so appealing to everybody. Like I can see all this stuff play out in real time now. I can see. Yeah. Without I'm actually... tweeting about my. I'm tweeting about somebody touching my stuff on a flight. Yeah, exactly. So you can see those conflicts play out, and I love that shit. So that's of course. So I'm you're a reality TV junkie then? No, I hate it. <laughs> no, but no, you like real reality TV, not scripted reality. Well, where they put you, where yeah, they yeah. they put people at odds to try to see what happens. If there this was is actual real, reality, yeah, sports is real reality television. It really is. I mean, you see everybody at there. We we have the the I, I guess the privilege of seeing people perform at some of the highest levels, but also see them at their lowest points, right? Which is, right. It, unfortunately, people, instead of appreciating that and appreciating the, the actor or the, the artist or the athlete or whatever it is, uh, they revel. They, we like to dance on each other's graves here in America for some reason. I don't understand why it is. We like to spike the football when it's unnecessary. There's, a lot of shade and Freud. Kind there's, of, yeah. yeah, there's very little grace in American society these days. I don't understand why, because... If you're not offering grace, you're operating from the position that you don't fuck up. And if you're operating from that position, you are completely fucked in life. Like you, I, 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 mean, I you tell fuck myself all the day. time, there's only one perfect guy and you're not him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that we, I did the math one time. If 1% of the shit I say is stupid, then I say on air seven minutes of stupid shit every single week. And I think there's a pretty good chance I say 1% stupid shit, right? So yeah. what the fuck, man? That's a lot. It's just compiling. Anyways. Yeah, we, we devolve into social discussions a lot. 
Okay, good. You guys, hey, you guys want to go? Uh, you guys want to go on with me on a uh, on a non fungible token NFTs? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. You guys, I, I finally figured out what they are. Yeah, I mean, I now that everybody stopped talking about it, you mean? I guess Tom, yeah. Tom Brady's releasing one. He said Chipper right? Jones uh, releasing one. I saw what, the other what, day. What's it gonna be? It's just like a weird video of like him. Like it's like a it's like a weird CGI video, and it like it's like three D. It goes like around him, like it's like a cinematic shot, and it's showing like random shit from his career. It was extremely bizarre, and I was like, "What am I supposed to do? Like have a hologram of this like playing in my rec room or something?" Where yeah. it's just like. Javon Thibodeau from Oregon, who's got a shot at being a Heisman Trophy winner as a uh, as a defensive lineman, he gave me a lesson on non fungible tokens at Pac-12 Media Day. Pretty amazing. So his is like eighty five dollars. He partnered up with um, with Phil Knight from Nike and somebody else. So he explained to me it's because it's a digital baseball card. You keep it. You do it there. Whatever you want from it, it'll go up in value, down in value, whatever. And then when you decide to, decide to sell it, if you make a profit at it or you make a loss at it, he gets 10% kickback from his non-fungible token. So he says, it's, it's you're investing in something that, that could go up in value, uh, just like if you bought a, a rookie baseball card one day. But don't this is like $85. I th I'm thinking of buying one just <laughs> to see, and I can explain and experience what a non-fungible token is. I mean, I've spent a dumber $85. Yeah, I, I spent, most week most weekends. I'm, I'm not going to Taco Bell with me. I'll I'll drop eighty five dollars if three of us went to Taco Bell. Well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm already high, so we may as well. Uh, I spent fifty bucks yesterday on one of those egg chairs. You know what it is? Like the the hanging chair. Oh yeah, for my dog. <laughs> Your dog? Because I thought it'd be funny to see him sitting in it, but he's too big, so I got to give it away. So if oh. anybody's got a cat out there that wants a stupid thing, why would you put your dog in a chair? Uh, cause I'm bored. I don't know. Are you, are you going to start grabbing turtles next? Come on. No, it's like, I'm not fucking duct taping his ass to the thing. I'm just, it's a, I'm providing him with a place that's soft to sit. Could he get into it though? I feel like the swinging of it, like he could, the dog that was, would fuck that, it up. And... That's, that's what I said when we were at the store, but yeah. someone talked me into it. Someone was like, uh, no, it's someone, great. someone with, uh, the uh see, I bought, I bought a little $20 stool that pops up. And I made sure that it can hold up to 400 pounds. So I have a stool to sit on when I, when I go watch practice or I go to a game. Yeah, that's smart. You don't want to be sitting there on the sidelines in Tucson, just sweating your ass off on your feet. all day. You're already going to be sweating. Jesus Christ. It's hot out there. No, you don't know. It's nice. Listen, I lived in Florida, dude, you sweat in Florida, right? Yeah. You sweat, you walk out, you got to chew the air because it's so thick and full of moisture. Like I, I put, I, I put one of those bags that you put in your, in your, um, in your closet to get rid of the dampness. I put one of those in my car just to see what it was like. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. 12 hours, completely full of water. Oof, it's gross. That's how gross it is. Here, it's a dry heat. I don't mind it. I got a pool. I jump in it twice a day. I love it. A dry heat at 130 is still pretty goddamn hot. It though. gets pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, I'm, Vegas in July was like one of the worst weekends of my life. Just from a, I'm just too oh, like, hey, I'm like a snowman. Hey, Rob, don't you ever say anything bad about Vegas. <laughs> I yeah. mean, don't, don't. inside we were, it was great. In, we the, were, in the casino, it was fantastic. We I, were there for the, uh, for the McGregor fight not too long ago, that weekend when it was like 120 the whole time. It was pretty brutal. But, you know, who cares? Although, here's the one part that pissed me off. We got an Uber from somewhere to somewhere else. I don't remember where because I was probably fucked up. But uh, got an Uber, 
and and it's this the AC in this guy's vehicle is not good, <laughs> right? And he was like, "Oh, sorry about that. It's just too, it's just so hot out here." I'm like, "No, your AC's fucked up, bro. I've been driving in cars all day today. What do you think this is the first car they're gonna trick me into thinking that it's so hot that modern technology can't figure it out? No, get your fucking if you're driving an Uber in Vegas and your AC doesn't work." You should just drive that car right over the Hoover Dam. <laughs> just drive into the fucking water and let that be the end. He's not getting five stars from you is what we're no, saying. No, he did not. He got zero stars. Well, one, because you can't give zero. But Yeah. But, I mean, wow. if, yeah, if you're getting out and, like, you got just, like, a wet taint from the like, your shorts are It was on the, the way to the fight, too. So we were wearing, like, normal, like, not, not, not super nice clothes, but we were dressed. We right. Were, we weren't heading to a gun range or something like that. We right. were going to, the, to an event, and I'm just fucking sweating. I'm like, oh, this is great, man. <laughs> you did not look as good as Jared Leto is what you're telling me. Uh, well, I don't know. He's half the time he looks like he's fucking on heroin, and the other. No, half I meant the at time, the fight. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, he looked good. You didn't see that picture in the like weeks. Oh, I thought after Rob that? had better seats than Dan. No, no, I no. Rob was being all bougie down. No, he was hanging out with his bullshit wife and kids. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He, you, you were, you were rubbing cocoa butter on your wife's stomach. Yeah, my unborn. Time. It was the baby shower weekend. Oh, that's. I right, couldn't yeah. go. The kids already like screwing up my life. Yeah, and it's not even here yet. Like I couldn't. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. The baby shower weekend. Yeah, uh, we had a baby shower the same weekend as the McGregor fight, yeah. so I had to do that instead of. I didn't even know the husband went Why did to, you the have to baby be there for the baby shower. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't think that was a thing. Uh, it's like a modern whatever. Yeah. I thought it was just a it was just a party. You got to hold. Okay, you got to hold the line, bro. Yeah, I guess. You Bob, diamond hands. Bob, I'm. I'm. I'm begging you. You're not going to have a gender reveal, are you? No. Fuck no. 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 I light enough stuff on fire already. I don't need to do that. And you. No. You will not allow that to happen, will you? No. I'll show up to the gender reveal and fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. Before I'll, I'll send, I'll find out what the gender is and tell everybody before, so there'd be no point. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, he was already threatening me with weird shit at the baby shower before the. I, uh, I didn't go to the baby shower. I didn't go to my baby, my wife's baby shower. Well, the whole fucking thing is like a guy. It's supposed to like the traditional or like whatever thing is like. Obviously, the baby shower is all women, and then the, the guys have like a diaper party or something stupid like that. But like mm. now, people are just combining it, and it's just a big boozy bra. I mean, I just got. I was just there <laughs> getting shit faced with like my friends while. Her and her friends were doing baby shower shit. Yeah, you could have been getting shit faced with us in Vegas at the Conor McGregor. I know. Fight. Sounds better. Sounds better. Just saying. Baby shower, Conor McGregor fight. Conor McGregor fight, baby shower. Well, to be honest, the baby would have put up a better fight, even if it's not born yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He just got. He just broke himself and then talked shit. Hey, listen, he's he's laughing all over the bank. He, he got he got off the uh, the real train of being a champion. Took the money from Mayweather, ran around and. He's got more money than both of us, all three of us combined. So whatever, yeah, dude. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He's got a Lamborghini uh, boat. Boat. Yeah, which I didn't know was a thing. Just seemed egregious, to be honest. But I get to hang out with the two of you. So what does he have that I don't? Right. Four hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's not worth. You it. trade friends for four hundred million dollars, which I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depends on the friends, I guess. That's a short list. Where you can yeah. buy better friends. I could buy. I could just buy those friends back. Yeah, that's true. Like Dan, okay, Dan. If I made you, you know, one of the elites, and you got to hang out with all the bougie people, one's who's one of the the, the Hollywood elites that you would buy as your friend? Uh, nope, nope. No, nope. you got to buy one. You got to find you now that now that you're you know four hundred million dollars, and you're hanging out and you know going to these these fancy clubs like these guys doing hanging out at the Hamptons. Who's your boy? I'd probably hang out with McConaughey, I guess. He's pretty cool. Yeah. But that's, 
Is that his book right there? Yeah, we had him on the show not too long ago. Yeah, but we could okay. probably, I could probably make that happen for a lot less money. If I had that amount of money, I would probably spend that money fucking up those people's lives that you're talking about right now. You know what I mean? Bob, who, who, who are you picking? Um, yeah, who's your, who's your fucking celebrity? Who's my celebrity friend that I'm yeah. buying? Yeah. Idris Elba, maybe? Idris Elba, uh, yeah, that's fine. He's a cool guy. He that's might be. Fine. I keep, I want him Wait, to Is be that the guy from uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, from The Wire. The yeah. new one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw the new Suicide that, Squad. That movie's movie. terrible, but he's a great actor. Yeah, he's like wonderful. Uh, well, I don't know about wonderful. I don't he's know why fantastic. you say it like that. Wonderful. wonderful was a weird way to say now, that. Now, now we're crossing a line. Yeah, that was care. that was. It's weird that you said that. I don't. I'm I'm good with it. I'm I'm good with all of that. I man, I don't know. I, I just like recency bias. I'll go uh, Tom Hiddleston. Just fucking hang mm. out with Loki. You know, yeah, he seems cool. Yeah. Seems with like Loki? Good, yeah, well, he seems like a good dude. Plus, all those all the uh, Anglo's, like all the Brits and Australians and mm. Irish and all that. They just fucking rage. They do party a lot harder. Americans are pussies these days. Yeah. So that, why not? That's, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like apparently when Katy Perry like first married Orlando Bloom, she, she and this is like a woman in Hollywood who's probably seen like all kinds of insane shit at yeah. parties was just like stunned at the sheer volume of drinking he did. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a nice thing for him. Yeah. Although watching t- I, to I be honest, I think it's good. I think it might be a future guest for the program. I to, I don't know. Watching Tom Hiddleston walk like a tough guy is my. There's a part of my brain that rebels. <laughs> like Loki you, was Loki was probably one of the best Disney Plus shows for sure. I mean, it is way. It's it's well. I don't know. The Mandalorian's pretty good, but yeah, Loki. Mandalorian was out, great. Out of the new ones that have come out, the the one with the. Uh, What's his nuts? Bucky. Yeah, Falcon Barnes. and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That shit That's is pretty good. fucking terrible. I hated it. I, no, I liked it. I, I hated that I so much. I enjoyed it, but like the problem is like the stakes are so low compared to like they do that. They're like, oh, there's a terrorist. And then like Loki's like m- like all of time is at stake. Yeah, yeah. It's just true, like, yeah. ah, who cares about. You guys watch WandaVision? I, I liked WandaVision, although the first episodes are kind of boring. Like I was the first episode, I was just like, so is this just going to be a Dick Van Dyke episode? I couldn't make it through the first episode. Because there nothing happened. Yeah, I mean it was rough, but the, I, eventually I will go back and watch the back. It the back nine, so to speak, yeah. were really good. The first two, it was like interesting, but I was like, I, it's literally nothing's happening. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, Bad know. Batch has been pretty good. Bad Batch. Oh yeah, the Star Wars. Uh, the during one. the uh, Clone Wars, or maybe right after. I can't remember. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched that one yet. Save that when the child's there, and I'm not doing anything. Just sitting around. <laughs> what do you? What, wait, wait, hold on a second. Well, the child's there and you're not doing anything? Well, I mean, I'll just be sitting with an infant. I mean, does he, what do you do? You change the diaper, you go put him to sleep, you, you get him up. not read what to expect when you're expecting? Uh, uh, not yet. Yeah, Is nobody were. giving you any advice? Uh, I mean, you know, I'll take, I took a baby class. I gave him some advice uh, once they found out she was pregnant. He didn't take my advice, and now here we are, right? <laughs> to not keep it? Was that the advice? You, look, you didn't specify. All right, that's fair. I, I'm just going to tell you that... Um, what the advice we got was um, as long as the baby doesn't, you know, drop the baby on your head and he's alive tomorrow. That's all that matters yeah. because you'll get no sleep. I'm, I'm just going to scare the living. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to scare you right now. You're going to get no sleep. You, your house will never be clean again. Uh, everybody else goes, Oh, well this, I, I'm not going to have baby stuff all over my house. That's all you're going to have from now on. Whenever you go to the store, you're going to look for stuff like, you know, you won't, you roll into lids right now. You're like, Oh, what kind of hat can I go find for myself? Now that, that that's over now on everything you look at will only be for your kid. You walk in the mall. You're not going to look at the stores you like. You're going to look to find stuff for your kid. Well, 
There it, we go. Yeah, you, you just, it's you all just, over. Just end it now. Do you want my gun? Uh, yeah, I'll let me. I'll go to the bathroom with it. I yeah, don't, don't want you guys to do a lot of cleanup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But that's it, fair. you know what though, it is cool. I mean, uh, I've, I've, I've. My my number one priority in life is being the best dad that I could be. It used to be other stupid stuff, like I wanted to be the best talk show host. I wanted mm-hmm. to do this and then all that stuff's stupid. Yeah, uh, being the best dad that I could possibly be, and trying to raise someone who I can be proud of, is the is the most important thing in my life. So there are cool stuff, Rob. Like uh, when your when your son looks at you and goes, "Dad, you were right." That's probably one of the coolest things you'll ever have in your life. Yeah, well, it takes a while because most of the time he tells me I'm I have no idea what I'm talking about, and and every once in a while, I go, Dad, you were right, and then I get to lord it over him and go, "Ha, scoreboard," and then punch him. Yeah, see, yeah. I would just be like, "Yeah, I told, yeah, I know I was." Yeah, You're I six. I didn't need you to tell me I was right. Yeah, asshole. Uh, <laughs> speaking of being proud, now is the point of the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week. It's somebody that's inspired you during your uh, progression through life, and and whether oh, as a wow. person or in business or whatever, right? So, yeah, anything. Who's it going to be? Wow, that's a big one, man. There's been so many people that are really, really good to me. Uh, this a, Do most people get stumped by this? A lot of people do, yeah. Yeah. And we never prepare anyone for it. No, we never tell them what's coming. You get a lot of dads. I'd say dad and mom are number one and two, and wife is probably right in there as well. Dad, mom, uh-huh. wife, mentor. Those mm-hmm. are the four major. If I talk about my dad, I'm going to start crying. Yeah, well, it's... I lost him a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, my dad was a superhero, right? Like he's the size of Dan. Dan, how tall are you? Uh, about six foot. Little, little. Okay, over. my dad. Well, I was a little, a little over six foot, but my dad, my dad was a cop. He was six foot four. Wow. He was a migrant farm worker as a kid, right? Didn't came from nothing, and he said, "I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to give you guys a better life." Mm. And he did. He became a cop. Um, he got hurt in a jailhouse fight. Ruptured four discs in his neck Oof. and lived with four ruptured discs in his neck his entire life. 35 years. He's every day in excruciating pain. Never really complained. Um, he did so many great things. He was a co- he was a firefighter. And this is back in the day where they didn't have the jaws of life in every fire department. So he would go and try to try to rescue people with a crowbar and he couldn't do it. So he got mad. He goes, we need a jaws of life. And the fire chief said, well, if you want one so bad, go buy it yourself. And he did. <laughs> and, and he did, but he got run off by the fire department because the chief thought he was going to run for fire chief. So he got fired before, before he got to, he got to use it. And I told him when he was dying, he said, dad, you realize there's people walking around on the face of this earth that are only there because their parents or their grandparents we're saved because of that jaws of life that you bought in that little farm town. And he goes, there are people that are, that are celebrating weddings today that don't even know you exist. If it wasn't for you, um, they wouldn't be around. Right. So if you're going to, if you're going to put me on the spot like that, my dad, Joe Herrera is a superhero. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. I can't. Uh... Yeah, literally. Self-funding a Jaws of Life. I, I literally just start Googling. How People do that a lot, though. I... People do that a lot. I mean, the average school teacher in America spends four to $600 of their own money buying school supplies for their kids because the fucking districts won't. Oh, yeah. Um, he started a police athletic league because he got tired of watching kids uh, get in trouble. Um, he, 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 was, he, was, he would just always give back. And, and he taught me that you should give back and try to make a difference. And I've done that. And, and hopefully my kid's going to do that. And you know, one day when he has kids, he's going to, I hope he teaches them that same lesson. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta yeah. hope that's the case. It's yeah. hard to translate. Sorry that if I children. brought down the show. No, no, it's, no. It's, no. It's, it's difficult to uh, to simulate the harsh times required to give somebody pers- this perspective necessary to realize how important service to your community is. I don't know if I, I don't know if we'll ever figure that out. You just get it. You got to put them in those scenarios. Expose your kids to uh, you know people that have it a lot worse off than they do. It's probably the only real solution to that, right? And you've done, yeah. you, you've had an opportunity to do that because you work with uh, Children's Dream Front, uh, Make a Wish, Art Gallery, all it, these organizations. So it was so cool. I used to take kids on the field that were uh, fighting cancer, mm-hmm. and and you know what? And, and we get this, Rob, Dan. We get this. Oh, my day sucks. Everything's awful. I, right. I'm with so much pressure. I get some eight year old kid with cancer, bald, translucent white, because they're going through chemo. Mm-hmm. And they roll into the ballpark. And I was, I gotta be honest, I was kind of a jerk to them. Um, I'd meet them at the ballpark and I'd say, okay, oh, uh, didn't they tell you you have to have a jersey to go on the field? And the kid would look up at his mom and dad with a panic look in the face. The mom and dad are getting mad. And and everybody's standing there looking. And I go, uh, let me see what I could do. You guys can have to stand here for a minute. And I'd walk out of the room. And the family's just freaking out. And the children's dream fund people are trying to, trying to calm them down. I walked back out. I go, well, I found this bag. So let me see if I, let me open it up. And I open it up and I have a, their jersey with their name on it. And I go, okay, now you can go on the field and here's a bat with your name on it. We'll get everybody to autograph. Here's some baseballs. I brought some baseballs for your brothers and sisters, your mom and dad. And, and I would take them on the field. Joe Madden was great. Joe Madden let me do this. I put the kid's picture up in the clubhouse. So all the players knew that if you saw this kid with me, on Tuesday, this was a kid fighting cancer, going mm-hmm. through some really tough spot, and all the players would walk by, and they'd see me with them, and they'd all walk over, spend some time, play catch with them, sign autographs. Mom and dad got to be there. They got to throw out the first pitch, and it really helped me keep everything in perspective. As bad as my daily life is today, I got it so good. Right. I got it so good. We all have it so good. And you know what? Just because uh, I, I think it's I think it's nice that you treated it like just because you have pediatric cancer doesn't mean you can't have a prank pulled on you. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, and because it, it, it broke because everybody and their brother, you don't know what to say. Like if you yeah. if you meet if you meet a kid with cancer, what are you going to say to him? Treat him like oh, a kid. So treat so him like a person. Right. You want to treat him like a regular person. Right. The, the brothers and sisters sometimes get jealous because everything is everything is thrown on the kid that's sick. Uh, the brothers and sisters sometimes get jealous. So when you got to include them and they got to go on the field and they got to be part of that special moment, it just, it was great for the family. And then guys, um, sometimes kids don't make it. Yeah. So I've, I've been invited to their funerals, uh, <laughs> which really, you know, puts it all in perspective. Other times I'll have kids walk up to me and give me a big hug. I'm like, I don't know who this kid is, man. What are you doing? Get off me. Like, Oh God. And, yeah. That's a panic situation. You know, actually. It, it's like six years later. And it's a kid that, fully recovered and they've got their hair back and they put on 50 pounds and they, and they look healthy and normal and everything. And they're like, you can't believe how much of a pick me up that was and how what you did to our family to help me get through this. And I'm like, Whoa. And they'll, they'll show me pictures from like, you know, 10 years ago of being, being there with them while they were sick. And I'm like, man, I don't even remember that, but they remembered it. And, and I think my dad would be proud of that. Yeah, for sure. Right. No, the worthy inclusion. Uh, hey, thank you so much, Rich, for being here. I hope I did a good job. I mean, Always, the show's great. Yeah. Um, I hope we didn't get too philosophical. Um, if you guys want to talk about uh, uh, more X's and O's next time, we will. Well, we can do whatever you want. 
Yeah, 100%. No, I, I want I want to see this whole thing. I want to see how Rob's going to do uh, the moment <laughs> yeah, the moment that it comes where now all of a sudden now we just drop this other human being you're responsible for their life forever. Just just to scare the Good luck. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh it really hasn't hit me yet, so oh. I'm just uh, getting <laughs> I'm just getting as many like uh, soon. as many like nights of drinking in as I can right yeah, before yeah. the baby comes out. Yeah. And then yeah, it's just never again probably. But whatever. Gotta do what you gotta yep. do. Uh, hey, thank you so much, Rich Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, you find me on Twitter, RBI Rich. Uh, easiest way to find me. And uh, guys, I appreciate you having me on the program. Rob, it's been great. Dan, you're my boy. Yeah, see you soon. We'll we'll have you back on soon and uh, discuss some uh, stuff after the football season. Yeah, say Pac-12 football yeah. and all that fun. So, hey, we say it, say it properly. It's a conference of champions. Oh, God. All right, Bill. Bill Walton. <laughs> <laughs> Not since Reggie Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard Arabite, thank you so much. All right, see you guys.